Welcome to the One Big Idea Podcast, your guide to making it in Web3. Each week, I sit down with the brightest founders, creators, and thought leaders to unpack the lessons, strategies, and trends you need to know for venturing into the world of crypto. This episode is brought to you by Rug Radio, the world's largest decentralized media company changing the way creators build, distribute, and own their content. To learn more about this creator's first community, visit Rug Radio at www.rug.fm. How, how are we doing? We are live on Twitter Spaces for the season finale of One Big Idea. This is easily the most excited I've been for any episode, having my boys Daniel Allen and Rio Cragen here live in studio <laughs> in their Let's respective go. virtual studios. How are we doing, guys? <laughs> we're good, doing man. Good. Busy, busy ass week for both of us, but we're, we're super happy to be here, man. Thanks for having us. Super stuck. We got all the boys in one place. Let's go. <laughs> all the all the boys in one place. So, uh, before we dive in, we're gonna definitely touch base on criteria and and you know how we got to that point. Let me do a little bio reading. You know, I, I always like doing a little bio so that you guys can uh, you can react to your bio, see if it's still in place, if we missed anything. So, Daniel, you're up first. The Louisville, Kentucky-born artist Daniel Allen first got into music by recording local rappers in a self-set-up studio in his bedroom closet. Recording sessions eventually turned into production lessons for the young producer, and the hip-hop beats began to take shape as full-fledged electronic productions. Daniel's forward-thinking, genre-bending electronic sound draws inspiration from his life experiences and sphere of influence. In addition to being an artist, Daniel is a Web3 pioneer. You could say that again who took his career into his own hands by being one of the thought leaders in the music NFT landscape. Daniel created waves in the in this new frontier with his 2021 EP, Overstimulated, which caught the attention of publications such as Time Magazine, where he was dubbed as creative, uh, working on a new lifeline for independent musicians. As a developing artist, Daniel has garnered over 20 million streams globally. He's excited to keep pushing his boundaries sonically and in the Web3 space to create a unique audiovisual experience for his listeners. Daniel. Daniel. Welcome. That was a great intro. <laughs> Yo, thanks for having me, man. Yo, I'm so bad at taking compliments. So sitting through that for like a minute was, <laughs> was crazy. So I um, honestly did it in me, part just to just to like see what your reaction was going to be. But oh Rio, you're God. you're up next. And I didn't know this, Rio, that you're from Vancouver, Washington. I don't know if we yes, talked sir. about the fact that I lived in Seattle for five years. So I'm very familiar Let's with where go. Vancouver is because you got to drive yeah. right through it to get to Portland. You do. Yep. You you definitely do, man. It's like right there on the border of the Columbia River. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. The other Vancouver, the Vancouver that no one knows about. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure I actually met someone else when I was in London who's from Vancouver. I'm going to figure out who that was because I guarantee no that you guys probably know each other. It's so small. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, all right. Well, your, your bio is up next, Rio. So, the Washington born artist, songwriter, producer, and multi instrumentalist, Rio Cragen, surveys life's ups and downs without a filter of fear in his latest studio album, Diary of a Loner. Rio initially invited audiences into his world on the 2017 mixtape, Growing Pains. Not long after, Billie Eilish, people have heard of her, notably invited him to open her Where's My Mind tour while Flume people have heard of him, recruited him for a series of impactful collaborations. He has since amassed over 250 million streams globally and has received widespread acclaim from Paper, Uproxx, Hypebeast, Pigeons and Planes, Ear Milk, Complex, Ones to Watch, and more. On the Web3 front, Rio is the founder of Loner's DAO, uh, an artist collective that onboards talent into Web3 and curates weekly music NFT releases. 
Rio has released over 800 NFT editions, generating over 115 ETH. EO, Rio, what the fuck is up, dude? How you doing? Let's go. <laughs> no, I'm hyped. I'm, I'm super hyped to be here, man. So excited. Amazing. Yeah, it's been a long time well, coming since we actually have uh, gotten up. I've been trying to get on the podcast, man. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's it's been a minute and we're definitely going to, we've got some fun things in store for season one that we're not going to, we'll tease out a little bit, but we, we've got, this won't be the last time you see Daniel and Rio on, on the pod, that's for sure. But cool, let's get started because we've got a lot to cover and you two may be some of the busiest people in Web3 music this week. So I want to respect your time and try to get this within an hour. So to start, would love, uh, Daniel, you can start. Just what was your inspiration for making music to begin with? I know from my understanding, like you had some music-leaning parents. How did you get into the space and, and ultimately decide to make a career of music? Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on a little bit. I definitely grew up in somewhat of a musical household, not necessarily like the most traditional kind. So like where, like you said, both of my parents were in music. They were also like immigrants. So it was like this weird dichotomy where they both did it growing up. But then when they moved to the US, they kind of realized that none of the things that they were doing, there transferred. So kind of growing up in my household, it was very much like got to be a doctor, a lawyer or an engineer. Um, but music kind of just naturally gravitated its way into my life kind of with every big milestone throughout it. So like, the, the first memory right outside of like my parents playing music was in second grade and my brother gave me his iPod classic and he was, he's 15 years older than me. So he's kind of, when I was a kid, especially, he was very much like the curator of the music that I enjoyed. So he put, he put me onto like Rakim and Ella Cool J Nas and Biggie and like a lot of the early rap inspirations for me. Um, and then kind of like you mentioned, I, you know, was recording artists in middle school, was recording artists in high school. Um, and I think around the time of college is when I really wanted to try to make it a career. And so instead of me doing like, the conventional, uh, I'm gonna, you know, get an internship and, and do all those things like a lot of my classmates were doing. I just decided to do the whole go to LA, crash on people's couches, send 35 cold emails a week, you know, just see who would be kind enough to take sessions with me, who's curious enough to take sessions with me. Um, and then, yeah, you know, moved here January of 2020, here being Los Angeles. Um, and music has been my job since then. Dope and Rio, over to you. Yeah, man. I mean, I started making music like pretty early. Um, that was like one of my dreams that I thought was like completely unattainable. I was really good at school. So, um, you know, that's kind of where 95% of my focus was at, at like all times. Until um, I got to college, um, I was um, I was on a full ride at Washington State University and my grandma ended up passing away and that like completely changed my entire life course. Um, pretty much had an existential crisis at like <laughs> 19 years old. And I, I was just like, wow, okay. Um, you know, like my life is not supposed to be this, like, you know, this organized roadmap on a piece of paper that I've been treating it like, um, you know, things, are things happen for, you know, like, uh, out of the blue and randomly. And that's kind of like the beauty of life. And uh, I should just uh, drop out of school and move to Los Angeles and do some music because that's what I like to do. And that's a, that's exactly the kind of like road that I paved for myself. Um, had no money, um, ran through the little bit that I did have uh, very quickly and uh, met some lifelong friends along that journey and uh after sleeping on couches for like a year uh you know like inked my first like major deal uh and that's really what just like kicked off uh my career as a musician uh yeah pretty wild 
Yeah, let's. You both share the uh, the romanticized, if you will, uh, part of just being on couches in LA, just slumming it, trying to make it. What was that period like? What, what was your day to day like trying to to make it into this industry? Man, it was wild because um, you know when you have no. Um, you have, uh, during that time I had no source of income, right? Like I had given up every sense of stability in my life to go and chase this. And I was like really trying to make it work at one point. Like, you know, I had to like sleep in my car for, you know, like, and, um, and I met Jeremy Tyler, one of my best friends who pretty much just like took me in. And like, you know, at first, like I was sleeping on a couch. Um, also shout out to Mark, Mark also took me in, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I eventually upgraded to a room at like one of my, one of my friends, uh, spots. And, um, it, you know, like it was tough because when you don't have a source of income and I'm just like making music at my boy's house, uh, it was kind of demeaning. I felt like very, you know, like what is my life? Like, I'm kind of just like, you know, in their area and like, I don't want to take up or be intrusive, you know, of their space and things of that nature. And in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I better bust my ass and I better make something of this because I owe it to, you know, them and to myself. And then also to my mom and all my family back home. Like, they think I'm out here, you know, like really safe when I was out there really struggling. <laughs> Yeah. But uh Yeah, it, yeah I can't imagine out. like to be to be a year away from graduating and to make that leap is is pretty significant. And then of course like the pressure of showing that you didn't make the wrong decision <laughs> and while you're while you're slumming is is tough, man. So true. And like I was young cuz like I had done I was in college when I was like 16 years old. So I already had, you know, I would I would go across the street. We had like a um a community college across the street where there was this program uh, that let in uh, high school students so you can get it done early. And yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I pretty much had three years of credits under my belt. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. But and Daniel, what, what about you? What describe that period for people where you were couch surfing, trying to, to find your, your first big break. I think part of this is when correct me if I'm wrong, but also like when you met Cooper was during this period. Yeah. Uh, well, I met Cooper a little bit after, and I, and I can go into that too. Um, I met Cooper about a year and a couple months living into LA. Uh, Got it. Before that, um, I was I was doing some. Cra- I I did the car thing too. I slept in the car. That's why I was smiling. <laughs> That's why I was smiling when Rio said it. Because uh, you you just you get it. Like musicians get it. Uh, For creatives sure. get it. Who have like tried to like make put you know try to make ends meet and whatnot. And I was the same way. I didn't have any sort of a. I was very egotistical about it. I was like, I'm going to, I don't, I'm never getting a job. Like I'm going to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the way that I did it actually was like in those summers, like when I, when I was doing the couch surfing and like the internships and shit, uh, when all my friends were doing internships, I, uh, I slept on my friend's grandma's couch in San Clemente, which is in orange County. And the way that I would set it up is like, towards the end of the school, about every January or February, I would start to get the itch, like, oh, I need to be in Los Angeles this summer. And so that's when I would start doing all these cold emails and try to like set up sessions. And I would always just try to get way too many on the books, like in the events that like either someone would cancel or whatever. So I I remember, but then what happened is no one canceled. And so I started having sessions that were, uh, I would do like three sessions a day. So I would do 8am to noon, 
and then I would do 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And then I would do 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. And then I would drive back from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., sleep on the couch for like four or five hours, wake up, go on a run and like leave San Clemente by like six to get to L.A. by eight. And the only people and I did that like the entire summer. And the, the only people that like canceled the sessions were the 8 a.m. ones obviously because who the fuck like does sessions at 8 a.m like in hindsight you know but uh so so what i ended up doing is i would either like crash in the car for a little bit catch up on some sleep or i would go to starbucks and uh make beats like in a starbucks which is hilarious because i've been doing that a lot recently even though i'm like sitting in my home studio in the house but like i don't know why ever since then like i still have this weird attachment with like making music on the go and like you know, making music like, because all, all I need as a producer is a laptop, right? Like I, I've, there's this joke that my manager made to me is like, because I've made almost neck, all of my music that comes after criteria I've made on a plane. And she's like, I'm just going to get you like a round trip ticket to New York. You don't even have to be in New York, just get on the plane and like come back. And so ever since those like early days, like I've just had this weird attachment with like remotely working on music just to like make time go by, you know? I mean, Daniel, you are the type of dude who at South by were running around with your laptop at events, putting headphones on people being like, yo, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Or like being in the corner of the club with a laptop making music. So no, none of that surprises me. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it started in that era. I guess it started in that era. But I will say before before we move on, the one thing about that era for me is like, yes, it was definitely like existential. Yes, it was like very difficult. But I was so like blissful throughout all of it because in my mind, like it was very much like this is exactly what I said I would do. And like, I'm, I'm just happy that I'm trying, you know, and so like I never went through a period of like, oh, this is really dark. Like, obviously, you have no money. Obviously, you have like you're trying to figure out what your next meal is going to be in a lot of ways. But at the same time, like there's just kind of this like underlying like sense of satisfaction that you're just trying like that you're that you're really like out here, like doing the shit and not talking about it, you know, and so for me, like as much as it was dark and difficult and whatnot, I was still like stoked to be here and stoked to like be trying my best to like figure it out. Yeah. You wake up every day with a purpose. Ria, I'm sure you felt the the same way. hundred percent for sure. Um, yeah, man. I mean, shoot, it almost broke me at one point. I ended up I going back home, uh, for like a period of like a week or two. And I was just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going. I went back, back for three months. I, I ran out of money. Months. Yeah, yeah. I, I ran out of money March March to May of 2020. Yep. So yeah, I think it's important it. to like talk through, you know, these elements of it, right? Because I, by all intents and purposes, Daniel and Rio, you, you are two of the most successful Web3 musicians today, hands down. Just even remove the Web3 title if you're just looking at in terms of volume and sales and like all the notoriety, but shit is a grind <laughs> and like yep. the grind didn't end when you moved into web three, if anything, it intensified in, in different ways. And so Daniel, I'll kick it over to you to start. Cause we kind of talked about Cooper a little bit. Um, what brought you both into the world of web three kind of walk me through the process of like getting to your first mint. Yeah, totally. Um, it's so funny cause I, I've told the story so many times, but I just like telling it because it's like, it's, it's one that story. I want like a lot of, it's one that I want like a lot of people to hear for sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, man, like you already have the context. I I was here January of 2020, you know, doing anything I could, man, like literally anything I could, like my, my like criteria, no pun intended was like, if I'm in Ableton, 
I don't give a fuck how I'm paying my bills. Like I'm just like, whether it's a mix for someone, whether it's me producing for someone else, whether I'm signing a few short-term deals, you know, like the criteria was I'm, I'm in Ableton making a job out of it, but I'm never going to like fuck myself long-term. So I was never, I was never super into the idea of signing like a long-term deal or anything like that. But for, I did that for about a year and two months, just side hustling, getting better at mixing, trying to be really fast when people ask me for stuff. Like I remember I needed, if someone needed a mix, typically it's like, it takes a couple of weeks for them to get to it. I would try to turn it around in a few hours. I would go to the Starbucks right next to me. I'm like, you're supposed to mix in like an acoustically treated room. I'm like mixing on like $150 headphones, like by myself, like, you know, try, trying to figure it out. And so I did that for a year and a half and I started to develop a little bit of a, a very small, but like pretty niche reputation. Like, okay, he's like, he makes music. He's like, whatever, but he's like really fast when, when you need to like get something from him, you know, like that was kind of the thing. But while I was proud of that and, you know, I'm, I'm super happy that I got to that point, I, d- I didn't really have any time for myself. Like I didn't have any time, you know, like you can, I'm definitely of the mindset that like, yes, if you have to force creativity, like fine, like do it. But I, I do think that it is kind of like a recipe for burnout. And for me, it's like, my entire days would happen. I would do like two to three random pop sessions. And like, then I would mix to pay a few of my bills. Cause a pop session, I'm like trying to get a hit. I'm trying to get like a big song to like make me more comfortable or whatever. And then at the end of the day, I have to do a mix or two. And then it's like nine, 10 o'clock. I'm fucking tired. Like I, I don't have much like creative energy left to just sit down and like write a song that I really like, you know? So my, in my weird twisted way, I was like, I'm going to try to sign a major record deal. Like, I, I think that that's, what's going to do it for me is like, I'm going to put together like a bunch of demos and I'm going to just put them in front of a bunch of people. And I was like, okay, well, like what's the best way to do that? And I was, I was finishing up my, my last record deal and I had $1,600 left in the budget. I took $1,500 of it and I put it, which was in my bank account. So I had a hundred dollars left in my bank account after this. And I, and I put on a show in my friend's backyard and like my whole goal really was to sign a major deal. Like I invited Every manager, I, could, I had no team, right? So I invited like every manager I could, every agent, everyone in sync. Literally that entire email list that I got from like the Facebook about section in college at like 4 a.m. every morning, <laughs> I emailed all of them. And it was like, it's jo- like, I joke with my agent now, like that the agent that I have now, I was like, yo, I invited you to that. <laughs> Why didn't you come? You know, like, so I, so I definitely like, that was the goal, right? It was just to, to see if I can get a little bit more of the music industry's attention, not as the kid who's like just fast and turns shit around, like, but as like the musician, as like the artist, right? And so I set up the show into two halves, right? And the first half was um, music that I already had out or like was kind of starting to push. And then the second was like this weird body of unreleased music, right? And mind you, one of the ways that I was like making a living off my art at the time was I would sign like these three track deals where I would kind of to like small internet labels for like, you know, very small advances to help me live for a couple months at a time. But the problem is, is that there, it was like, they have a brand to uphold, right? And so anytime I sent any music that was anywhere outside of that genre, I would kind of be met with, hey, we like it, but you know, it's just not something that we can release under our name because we're like, this is what our audience is looking for. I was like, oh, well, I like making rap shit. And they're like, yeah, I understand, but like our audience doesn't, right? And so I was kind of in this weird spot where I just had this group of like six, seven, 10 demos, whatever. And that's what I really wanted to showcase at that show at the backyard. And so I, like I said, I was inviting everyone I could and uh, after the show, when I played that second batch of music, uh, I did manage, I, I pulled so many favors, man. I remember like, it's a different story, but I pulled some crazy shit to get like music industry people to, to pull up there. Um, and, uh, after the show, I had like four people come up to me, right? Three of them were like various people that worked at, at majors or specifically like subsidiaries of majors. And they're like, Hey man, like we love your, we kind of were interested in what you're doing. Like we'd love to have have a conversation about like putting music out together. And the fourth person who came up to me was Cooper, right? And Cooper was like, 
hey man, I love your shit. Like I'd love to have a conversation about how we can maybe work on putting stuff out. I had met Cooper a few months before that because he had just been DMing me on Instagram, never talking about Web3 or NFTs or anything like that. He was just like, hey, I love your music, love your work, big fan of your work, which is hilarious that he still says that. But like, he was genuinely saying that and not in like the funny cryptic way that he does now. He's like, dude, I love your shit. Like that was it, you know? And he had just dragged me out. He had just dragged me to come out with him a few weeks beforehand. People know in that era, I did not go out at all. Like I was just producing all day, right? And uh, he invited me out because he had like a free ticket. I was like, are you paying for dinner? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm broke. Like, let's do it. <laughs> and, uh, and then as a courtesy, I just, you know, I decided to invite him out. Long story short, um, I went over the, some of those three emails first from the other people that had come, like the the various label people. And I kind of started to look at the deals and they... I gave it some thought and it really would have felt like I would have been a hamster just on a hamster wheel had I taken any of those because I was already on one. I was already in this world where I was like making no money. I was just trying to like fight for time, you know, and I've learned since then that like my friends fall into two categories in LA. Like it's the people who this is like pre web three, but at the time it was like the people who want to sign a record deal and the people that want to get out of it as fast as possible. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a fuck record labels guy. I think that there's a lot of situations where it can make a lot of sense for a lot of people. And just the negative stories just get a lot more attention, right? But at the time for me, I was just like, you know what? Like me signing a deal doesn't necessarily fulfill what I'm looking for, which is like this world of like, you know, being creatively free to make whatever I want to make. Because obviously in the major world, it's like, yeah, you can make whatever you want to make, but we're not going to put it out unless you blow up on TikTok or whatever, right? So I was like, okay, it's just kind of different, but it's the same problem. It's just kind of framed differently, you know? So I went back to Cooper and I was like, hey man, like, I don't know what the fuck you have in mind, but, but you know, I'm, I'm down. Like, I don't have any other options, right? And he was like, okay, yeah, you should drop NFTs, and right? And my, my only kind of frame of reference for what an NFT was at the time was Beeple, right? Like in January, I think of that year, he, Beeple had done 5,000 days, right? And it's he sold it for like $69 million. And I was like listen, man, like I make beats. I, I, I can't finesse like doing like visual 3D renderings, whatever. That's just not my thing. Like, like Rio knows how to use Photoshop and shit. Like, bro, I'm, I'm so one dimensional. I just sit here and make songs all day. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's all I know how to do. And, uh, he was like, no, 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 man. Like my, my homie Jeremy is starting this platform called catalog where you need a wave file and you need an artwork. And I was like, okay, cool. Like a wave file. I definitely know how to do an artwork. I can probably figure out. And I had just started, my girlfriend gave me like disposable cameras. So I had just started messing around with those. And, uh, so I, I went to, I literally was like, all right, you know, what? like I'm going to, I looked at catalog. I was like, no one has, has done a series. Uh, I'm going to do this thing called the drifter series where I go to a random location. I plug my laptop into my Honda Accord, like via the ox. I bring a disposable camera with me. I didn't even have any fucking software. So I, I made, I literally made a collage of the disposable cameras in keynote, which is like literally the, the PowerPoint software that comes with the MacBook, Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean. I'll never forget, like at, at 9 a.m., I made the beat. At 1 p.m., I took 20 of my last $80 uh, to get the film developed. At 5 p.m., I got the I got the film back. And I think like six or seven, like later that night, I had sold my first NFT to a total stranger for one ETH, which was, I think at the time, it was like $3,000, $3,200, something like that, right? Um, and that, that's how I got into it. And that, that you know, I, I kind of want to let give, give you guys, you know, give you guys a chance to talk, but really that fundamentally changed everything for me. You know, like that was kind of like, yeah, 
I didn't have to blow up on TikTok to have a, to have a moment. Like I didn't have to have the craziest marketing campaign. Like all of a sudden, so like in a world where the only thing that I valued was stream count and touring and, 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 you know, just the, that really one metric, you either have a hit single or you're just like, don't make a living off music. Right. Um, or, or you sign a record deal or you don't make a living off music. That was the first kind of glimpse of, hold on. Like there's, there's a little bit of a different approach here. Yeah, Rio, I'd, I'd love to go to you because your experience sits in the second camp, I think, of what Daniel was talking about, about either the people that are looking to get a major uh, label deal or those that are in one and looking to get out of one. And you had signed a major label deal pretty early in your career uh, to Virgin, I believe, right? Virgin Records. Um, yep. And that was like an upstream for people that are familiar with music. Um, and yeah, so you talk me through that process of, okay, you're a major label, you're at a major label, you've had some success you are like touring with a bunch of big names that we talked about earlier. How did you find your way both to independence and to web three? Yeah, no, for sure. I I mean, I always appreciated the independence. Um, I, I might not have, uh, um, realized it really at that point because like I was struggling at the very beginning, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, what ended up happening for me is, uh, COVID hit. And I was just on the back end of a world tour. Uh, I was on the road with uh, Flume, Harley. And um, we landed in like January back home. Uh, And then by February, late February and March, like the world was starting to shut down. And like California was going on stay at home order. And it was just wild, right? Um, We had a whole bunch of stuff like booked for the rest of the year as well. Um, as far as shows go. And so I was like, oh, cool. Well, we'll be home for a bit. And, um, you know, I'll I'll knock these shows out. (laughs) Shows were like probably my main source of income as an artist um, at this point, for sure. Um, So when I realized that everything was getting canceled and I was probably not going to be performing in front of, you know, real humans for a very long time. (laughs) I was, I kind of went into a little bit of like, Oh geez, I might be overexposed here, (laughs) you know, like, because yeah, that was, that was the whole setup for me. It was like, you know, make an album, uh, put it out, uh, market it, go on the road. Uh, and then that was it. Um, and with that out of the equation, I was like, Oh geez, well, what do I do with my time now? So what I ended up doing was like, I just started taking on uh, at this point too. keep in mind, like I was earning like regular publishing. Um, so I wasn't like scared financially, but I was, I, you know, like I still want to make money and put it in savings and things of that nature. So I started just grinding, um, uh, writing songs for other artists. So my freelance song game and like my mixing game, like all of that, like, 20x i was just like oh geez i didn't realize like i you know there was like a demand for you know songs uh and so like i went on to song better and you know i just started crushing it on there um i also had like you know at that point i had like some some extra funds and i was like cool like i'm really interested in crypto let me see what's going on here so i bought some long-term holds 
tried to flip a whole bunch of stuff, was very successful, and then also extremely unsuccessful, depending on the day, I guess. <laughs> and so that's kind there. of where everything started. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I've, I've lost a lot in a trade before. Uh, and that's kind of like where my, you know, like fascination uh, came from. Um, when NFTs, um, you know, had their like major run up in like February, March, um, I was like, whoa, this is kind of wild. Uh, I didn't understand it at first because it was, um, it was like, you know, as uh, there were, it was like, oh, cool. Like, is this like shit coins, <laughs> you know, like trading? And I, I was like, not fully sold by the time that a few months had rolled through and it had, you know, like five or 10 X. I was like, whoa, oh my gosh, I got to check this out. Um, when I fully like, started comprehending like the actual uh, premise of NFTs. Um, I was just like, wow, there's a massive application here for music. Um, and I don't understand why it's not happening right now. And so that's kind of like when I went on my, you know, like my witch hunt, I was like, where are all the music NFT artists? Like, I know that they have to be out here somewhere. Like I, I need to release music NFTs. And um, uh, that's where kind of like I ended up, getting on the phone, meeting a whole bunch of people. Um, and during that time I met, um, David, uh, from sound, uh, and I met Cooper as well. Um, and kind of like, just, yeah, I watched it, you know, all unfold. We were in like the early sound discord, like three, four months before its inception and just like doing early UX and UI, um, just feedback. It was, uh, it was insane, but by the time I released my first music NFT, I was just like, this is where I'm going to spend, you know, pretty much a hundred percent of my time for the next few years. I just knew it, you know? And since then, um, you know, have met, you know, amazing people, people who I love, um, and, you know, like Daniel, uh, and we've just like, you know, made the coolest music. Um, I'm pretty much like, you know, an honorary roommate over there at their house now <laughs> fly in, you know, like I'm flying over there tomorrow on a dime. Don't even have my ticket booked, <laughs> but you know, that's just very classic, but yeah, I'm just, yeah, super fortunate and like blessed to have, um, you know, been curious, uh, about what's going on in the space. Uh, because yeah, I, I met some amazing people along this journey. So you, you said something interesting, Rio, the idea that you knew, you wanted to spend like a hundred percent of your time in this space yep. to artists that may be looking to dip a toe in that are looking to explore, but aren't quite sure, you know, what the value proposition really is. Like they understand the traditional business model going on tour, streaming to build awareness, selling merch. What, what is the big value prop for artists? I'll, I'll have you answer for artists. And then Daniel, I'll have you think about what the value prop is for fans. Yeah, for artists, look, I mean, I was stuck in this phase that I didn't even realize was happening. You know, like, I I was releasing music, I was packaging it, I was, like, putting it out um, to a certain audience, to my audience, uh, because I thought, and I was making the type of music that I thought that people wanted to hear, right? It me For me, music never started out that way. I was making the type of music that I wanted to make and that I was excited about. Um, and I didn't realize I was slowly progressing uh, into those into that phase until I found music NFTs 
and it was just it was like my creativity like opened up again <laughs> you know and uh yeah since then like i've been making uh some of the you know uh the most you know like personally like to me i think some of the coolest stuff that i've done in a long time and stuff that i'm really proud about um and just um excited about you know like i haven't felt this way about music in such a long time and i think part of that is because you know like i can get extremely creative um in different ways than i can like in traditional methods of releasing music um and you know like if i have an idea um for a music nft um there's a whole bunch of stuff that hasn't been done right like all i have to do is put in the hard work in order to like execute it and like bring something like that to fruition um and not only does that, you know, like maybe help me in the short term, but it also can benefit a whole bunch of other creators, um, which is like something that I'm, you know, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Daniel, I mean, anything, I would anything say, else to add on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say in the short run, right. For the fans, the simple answer is like better music, right. Because artists yeah. are kind of empowered to, to make shit, um, you know, that they, that they really genuinely care about. Um, but outside of that, right? Like even even if you if you think about it for both sides, I've said this a few times recently. But you know, you you guys all know that like Spotify Wrapped just just came out, and yep. uh, you know, for on the artist side, uh, at least for the fan side, it's pretty dope because you're able to see who your top artists are. Like you're able to be like, oh, like I listened to Drake; he's my number one artist, and you know, the jig is up by Real Craig and was my f- favorite song of the year, or, or whatever it is, right? But like at least on the artist side, right? Um, and I think I think this kind of benefits both sides, right? On the artist side, you have no idea who those people are. Like, I have absolutely no way to know like who is where Sarah is, who listened to Stubborn four thousand times. You know, like it's like I, I don't know anything about that. Like, I have no information. Like, one of the benefits of like music NFTs and having all the information is that it's is that it's all on chain. You're able to like pretty quickly track like the people who are your top thirty, top fifty, top hundred, whatever strongest fans, and the people that are the ones that are directly empowering you to, to make shit that you care the most about. Right. And, uh, I think that that, while, while that answers a little bit more from the artist side, I think that it benefits both sides just as much because like as a fan, like as, as me as a fan of music, not like as an artist, like I would love to have a relationship or some sort of a relationship with the, or reach to artists that I care about, you know, the, to artists that have had like impactful moments in my life, whether it's, you know, (laughs) my first kiss, whatever it is. Right. And, um, so yeah, I think, I think it kind of is like, that, I think hey, something like yo, that kind of benefits both way. sides. Man, come on, come on. Listen, man, this is, a, this is a live stream. I had to think about I had to think of something on the spot, bro. Like, dude, dude, come on. Yeah, I mean, that's you're so right. I mean, like, even, uh, you know, thinking from that perspective, too, like, I mean, both of us have, uh, Daniel and I both have, like, our, you know, personal holders chats. So everyone who collects our music NFTs, you know, like, um, the I, I guess you want if you want to say like the top 10 percentile um who we engage with like they hop in this chats and like we chat every single day it's pretty cool um we talk about like new drops kind of like some of the ideas that we're having along the way uh tease like new stuff that we're working on um and ask for feedback too which is kind of cool sometimes and like which you have not like traditionally really had access to do um i never had that arm you know um, so it's, it's been really cool because like, um, not to sound too technical, but like, did you get like real time UX as well? Like 
I can, you know, gauge right there. Uh, if a hundred yeah. people like the direction that I'm heading in, you know? Um, yeah. Real time feedback on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there, there's a few elements just from a fan perspective and, and having worked, you know, at, at Venice music, as you both know, why we encourage so many artists to get into this space. One, obviously there's a narrative around um, value accrual and financial incentives and the ability to not have the, the realization of a, of a hundred true fans, not even really like Daniel, your first catalogs were like one of ones. You had to find one true fan that was willing to spend, you know, the, the amount of ETH that you were selling it for. And so traditionally we've lived in a system in which the, value of music has been capped and all you can eat buffet for 9.99 and really like that system works for just consumption but what we're building here in web3 is is a much deeper relationship and and valuing music uh in in a way that it hasn't been really valued before and so from an artist yep. side yes the the value accrual is important i think the real time feedback getting to know your audience i think a lot of people would be surprised that uh daniel as you mentioned earlier you have no way to access your true fans on these streaming services. When you go on tour, all that information is held by like Live Nation and Ticketmaster. You're not getting any of of those direct communications. So even if you wanted to reward your fans, you know, you're reliant on building out your own systems like email addresses and things like that that are uh, not not native and and add more friction. And then from a fan perspective, you know, I'll, ju- I'll just speak from my own perspective of why I got into music NFTs. I distinctly remember collecting both of like early NFTs from both of you. Daniel, your sticks out because it was the first listening session on uh, Sound XYZ with Overstimulated. And it was very much like you jumped on the Twitter space. You were able to hear directly from the artist. There's an entire community that's built around this EP that's about to drop. You all listen to it together and you're like, oh, this is like a moment. Like, I get it you were building context back into a space that used to be faceless. Like it used to just be, you put on pollen from Spotify and you're just listening to music droning out while you're doing whatever you're doing. It's like this forced you to listen. This forced you to have a relationship with the music and with the artist. And that has been one of the more fulfilling things like financial speculation to the side. Totally agree with Cooper's thesis around like rookie trading cards and all of that. The fact that it's like, brought a relationship back to music for a lot of people is, is one of the things that continues to stick out for me. Yep. Completely agree. Yeah. I remember that too. I was in there, uh, with a failed transaction. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it all too well, man. Uh, no. One still stings. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I will, I will say that I, I have a stinger from that as well in that like I think it was a point I forget what point one mint or something like that and I had sold it for like one and a half and then you know the floor now is at like three something or something higher than that. I remember yep. telling Coop maybe like a month ago and he's like, You have any regret? I was like, Yeah, asshole. Maybe like let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sold any Daniel or Rio NFTs since. So uh lesson lesson learned by right. that one. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, look, from also the fan perspective too, or just like um, contributor perspective, I, I I really don't like the word fan. But um, yeah, contributor or holder perspective, right? There's there's multiple different, um, 
I guess, benefits, you know, and it just depends on like the person that you are like, you, you know, you're going to have people who speculate, um, you know, you're going to want to you have people that want like the direct communication, the direct line of communication uh, and, you know, a few other reasons as well. I mean, yeah, I will say like, even like, you know, if you were an early Daniel collector, like you're probably sitting real pretty on floor, price, you know, <laughs> above mint. And then same here too, you know, yep. like almost instantly after sellout of like my last project, it was like, you know, you were 15 X over mint price uh, and maybe even more now, but it's like, I think like, you know, you have multiple, uh, I don't know. It's it, it's just a different ball game, and it's been really cool to like be a part of. Yeah, and that that is part of the thesis. Like, I, I don't want to discredit the the speculation as all at all. Like, in order for it to be a healthy NFT ecosystem, the accrual has to it. It's intrinsically tied to financials. Like the fact that it's pegged as an NFT, it's crypto. It will have a financial component of it, and so it has been great to see people that took those early bets be rewarded for that. Because you know where Rio and Daniel were early on in their Web three journey is very different than where they are now, um, and so right. being an early supporter of that, you know, there there is a reward that comes with it. Um, I do want to move the conversation to building community because it is something that we touched on a little bit for both of you. You have your own holder chats, you're in there communicating, you know, you have some of the most loyal communities that I've seen in web three. And it, it might be for people that are coming from like the PFP landscape, or maybe they're not in web three at all. It, it may seem a little bit different because you're really on a level playing field when you're in these telegrams or discords communicating with everyone and you're you're all tied around this love of music i'd be curious how you both think of cultivating that sense of belonging with your communities and keeping them engaged when there is so much noise and new drops and all these things happening how do you keep that being a place where you know they want to come back to day in and day out uh real i'll start with you yeah i mean it's it's fun for me like i'm i'm on team transparency right like I, I'm someone who works really hard behind the scenes, um, like as hard as I can. Uh, I like making the most quality, you know, music that I can, and then also pairing it with like great art direction. Um, and, um, you know, I'm pretty vocal about like things that I'm working on. Um, and, uh, you know, as often as I can be. And then also, you know, like, um, when it comes to community building, like, one of my, my passion is literally making music. And that's like, you know, like why I started Loners Now. Uh, and it was just like an excuse to bring a whole bunch of, you know, other creators together and a lot of people who just love music together. And um, that is like, yeah, it was just a really natural experience. And um, since then, like, kind of like, I think if you do things with like really good intention and if you put a lot of effort behind it, like the community just, comes like a magnet you know what i mean uh and we've been seeing that i think like the both of us have been seeing that for sure um because man at the end of the day like people have it, bullshit readers you know what i mean like if you can gravitate towards something that's like honest and truthful and like you know people who have like good intentions behind whatever they're doing bruh it's i i think like you know, it's going to be hard for you to not community build. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say like my, the analogy, like I just thought of, right. is like, so I, I think, I think 
Rio does a really specifically does a really good job of this. I think one of the better ways to build your community is to participate in other ones and to get involved in theirs, right? I think in a lot of ways that's like what Loners is built off the back of. Um, and like my comparison that I can think of for myself is like when I first moved to LA, like I did so many sessions, like like hundreds hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sessions and you do all of them to find what your group is you know like you do a bunch of them like you you maybe meet the friends of the people that you're having sessions with you like start to explore a bunch of different crews so you're like giving your time right you're giving your time and your energy and then eventually you're going to find like your tribe you know or your like group of people that you really fuck with and i think that that's kind of really what it's been i think for both of us right i think me and rio have just like and obviously we're not like closed minded to like bringing anyone else on or anything like that. But like we, we very much were like in a lot of the same circles early on, like contributing to a lot of different communities. Like when, when no one was in the sound discord, like we were, yep. you know, when, and, and, and when, when the Genesis chat came up, we were some of the bigger contributors and we kind of, we found and, and like, and continue to find, you know, like our, our, our like family, you know, yep. and in a lot of ways, like, I mean, my, one of my dude, one of my like favorite moments ever <laughs> like that like anyone will tell you is like whenever we have people over at the house here because we'll have like we'll have like 30 people in the kitchen and it's like i see like like rio talking rio who i met through web3 talking to deegan who i met when i was in college and they're all, both in a session together with dave who i met on dlg who i met on the internet a year ago and like shit like that is and and then fucking kevin george just comes running into the room who i met through rio on the internet and now he's just over here just as much in the past couple months. And like Kevin's working on music with Lucas or whatever it is with bloody. Right. And so to me, like, it's definitely like, it's definitely very much like a growing family, but I think we've, we've all contributed to like helping each other, you know? Um, 100%. So, so that, that's what it's been for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hit at the core of something, this spirit of collaboration, which feels intrinsically tied to web three. Do either of you have a thought on, on why that is? It feels just like at the core of web three music is this idea of collaboration. I think in a lot of ways we need each other, right? You know, I, I, I think, mm -hmm. I think that the, the space is so small, right. That it gets kind of lonely to just kind of be doing it by yourself. You know, uh, like that was the case for me, you know, like I was, I was, do, I was like a, basically like a one man team, you know, like it was like, and I, and I, I'm, I'm proud of it. I totally am. Like I really overstimulated was me and Cooper fucking sitting on FaceTime, you know, uh, like, like figuring it out. We didn't do anything big around that like it was just me and him sitting all day trying to figure things out but my first friend that i met through web3 who just became like a music friend was grady i met grady uh i met grady in may of last year because cooper who was the web3 kind of godfather in that way where he was just like kind of feels like a matchmaker really it was just kind of like you know you guys should you guys should find a way to work together and like he was someone that i met that i was like oh man like Grady is he care he like wants to try shit with music NFTs, but he's also just really good. Like he's also just like he was one of the first people that I met that I was like, oh my god, like music is your job. Like holy shit, like this is unbelievable. Like you have a house, like whatever, right? And um, it definitely for me, it kind of you know as much as I'm happy to be in my own bubble and experimenting and whatnot. Like I, everyone that I that are like my friends or like the, like in in the Web three world are are my collaborators just as much. Like I work with every single person that. That is my homie, which is, which has made it so fucking frictionless. Cause I feel like there are so many, a lot of the times, like, like business can really get in the way of like, like friendships on the music side. You know what I mean? But because we're all, all of us are just happy to be making a little bit of money off music that we're just like, dude, let's just all share this, you know? And so that's, that's kind of, I don't know. That's kind of been the vibe um, for me. So we, we, yeah, I think, I think we just kind of need each other <laughs> in a lot, in, in a lot of ways. 
Uh, Rio, I'd, I'd love for you to use as an opportunity to briefly talk about loners and I'll tease that we are going to have some more stuff with loners coming in season one. So we're not going to go too deep into it here because I want to leave plenty of time for criteria, but just a little, little brief overview of what loners is and how it really builds on the spirit of collaboration that Daniel was talking about. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, it started out, um, which is crazy, like almost a year ago and, um, Oh, it probably was a year ago now. And the initial idea was like, you know, it's going to be a creative incubator, a place where, you know, like we can help onboard talent into the space. And then also like we can all grow together, uh, make music together and uh, have a good time doing it. Um, And so that's what it started out as we started working on a whole bunch of projects with five uh, uh, community chosen artists, which was like really cool. It was a cool experiment. Uh, and more recently we've transitioned to, um, like, um, a curated approach as well. So we still have the five artists, uh, but now we've like opened up the community to highlight other, like really amazing musicians. And we do a drop like every single week and it's called loners weekly. Um, you know, like I'm not even going to lie. So like we're eight weeks deep into it now. Um, and so two months, the first week I was like, geez, like, we're going to do like 50 editions. Like, is that too much? Like, you know, like this is a new thing. And it was like gone in the blink of an eye. And like, since then, like we've, our community has been like growing and flourishing with, um, you know, like a whole bunch of talented musicians, a whole bunch of talented, um, uh, you know, uh, developers and artists, uh, digital artists. There's, you know, we have lovers of music, Pretty much just like if you enjoy music and you're tapped into, you know, uh, music NFTs or else you want to learn, like, you know, we implore you to get in the chat and uh, yeah, we're all learning together and kind of like building this out. Uh, And it's been just like such a really cool experience, Um, you know, in the last like two months, um, you know, we we probably have like uh, close to like 130 people in, in our like telegram chat now <laughs> which has been like you know where i spend a lot of my time during the day now <laughs> it's the most like active like chat that that i am in as well and it is <laughs> it's great to go there and not have like a bunch of is price going up financial speculations it's just people tied together by like their love of music and who's going to be you know the next drop and what's the plans and like everyone has a role to play and you you yep. both do like a really good job of validating your communities of like, yes, this is a place that you belong and like your contributions, like bring your ideas forward. And, um, it's, it's been really, really cool to, to see that flourish. So I know plenty more coming with loners. I have been, uh, a yep. little butthurt to miss like the last three drops. So I'm like constantly sending David from sound, like, Hey, we need like all these feature updates so that I can like see and make sure I can beat these bots because I earned the pre-sale, yeah. but it, it, we'll, we'll, we'll move past that. It's all, it's all coming. We're, we're moving towards the, the end of the hour. So I do want to spend the rest of the time talking about criteria. Um, yep. Super excited about this eight track EP that is coming from the both of you. Uh, not sure which one of you wants to take it, but would love to hear first how oh, you, you met. Yeah. How you met and how this idea came to be. Man, I need to work on my elevator pitch because I end up, I end up just going, I end up just going way too long. Um, <laughs> I got time yeah. if you got time. <laughs> yeah, we got time. Yeah, I mean, cool. basically, um, the way you mean, what do you mean, like the way, like the origin story of how we met entirely? 
Yeah, so start start because we haven't really gotten to how you guys got connected. Yeah, I know got you it. got reintroduced during Overstimulated, but how you met and then how this project no, came to be. So yeah, that's actually how we met. So I uh I, I knew of Rio's music in college. Like I I, yeah. I had been like the first show I ever went to was a flume show. So I had been like a fan of his for for quite a quite a bit of time. And then I uh in twenty nineteen, I think, when they dropped their project together, their three track EP, it was definitely like I was listening to it all the time. It definitely like inspired me to like actually try to get cracked at production. Like that's what I was like, oh shit. Like I need to like I need to like learn. I need to be like more creative. I need to make like more interesting production decisions. And so like Rio was definitely always on my radar because after that I went into his back catalog and like had an understanding of some of the other music that he had worked on too. And so he was definitely someone I had always wanted to work with. And then I just like November 16th of 21, I uh, cold DM'd him basically because he had, I think he had just followed me or something. Uh, and I just shot my shot. I mean, I was just like, dude, like <laughs> love you, love your shit. Like, you know, would love to, would love to work together. And Rio was like, or I think I said like, let's hop on a call or something. And he was like, he was like, yeah, like I'm down. Like, let's do it. I think I called him like, I was in, I was in, um, Denver working on some stuff with big gigantic. And I think I was just like, I had a pack ready and, and I, and I just brought it to him. I showed him a few beats and like, I didn't really have anything in like a rap catalog at the time, but Rio was one of the first people that was like, yo, like if you want to kind of get into that bag, like he was one of the first to like encourage me. He was like, yo, like, I feel like you, he's like, I feel like you have the chops to like probably figure it out if you really wanted to, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, with, I mean, with, with criteria, like obviously like, I mean, just because just by nature of us being in web three together like he ended up you know he came to my house i don't remember maybe it was february for the first time or something like that um in la and it was just kind of to hang out and like to work on a little bit of music and see what happened and that's where we made supercharged which was like the first that's like the first single off the project and that's where we were kind of like kind of looked at each other like all right that that worked you know <laughs> like 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 that kind of worked out and then yeah i mean criteria specifically is a project that you know, feel free to add whatever. I mean, we've been working on it for, you know, close to a year now. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, it's seen a lot of, it's seen a lot of turns, but it definitely, I mean, it's definitely brought out the best in me, I would say on the production side. And I, I just hope that it's, that it's, that Rio feels the same way. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. Yeah. It's been really cool. Yeah. It's wild. Like it, the time that you're talking about at the crib when we made supercharged, like, I feel like that was like your first or second week in that, in that house too, which is pretty funny. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember, I think Dave had rolled through Vegas or something like that. Um, oh yeah, so that was literally the second week in the house because Dave yeah, had moved yeah. in a week late. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was, and that was uh, mid March then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like he was, yeah. And we had breakfast that day. He made it to the house, and I was like, I f- took a flight out there like a couple days later. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but no, I'm su- I'm super stoked on this. Um, like you know, it's been a long time coming and we've been working on stuff for a very long time. So it was like, you know, definitely time to put out like a body of work. Um, and we put a lot of effort and like, you know, I guess just like care into the project. We went to, um, Joshua tree to kind of button it up. Um, we had like a few days out there. We went to Bali, worked on a little bit out there. We, yeah, this project has been kind of around the world already, which is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just stoked. I'm super stoked. Um, yeah, I mean, if we really wanted to, like, we could have two EPs, like, right now, you know, yep. in terms of, like, the amount of, like, demos that are outstanding and whatnot. And, like, we, I mean, I would say we probably have, like, 20 to 30 songs together that we've made. And, like, narrowing, na- narrowing it down to eight is kind of funny because it was originally seven when we were in Joshua Tree. And then there were, there were no features. It was just me and Rio. And then Grady pulls up to my house, makes this chorus in like five seconds. And I was like, 
And then we kind of hijacked it and we we're like, okay, let's have <laughs> like having Grady on the Grady as the only feature on the project is a big deal to me. Cause like I said, he was like yeah. one of the first people in music that like believed in me and like definitely one of like my first friends um, in that world. But yeah, man, I mean, we, since then we've already made a couple songs like the loners drop that we did stars. We made on FaceTime yep. together. I'm just kind of like, shit, like that one's kind of, <laughs> that one's kind of good. Like, man, I don't know. So, so I don't know. I mean, we definitely, we definitely have a really cool workflow. I'll say. Yeah, we had a moment so, after we made Stars. We were like, dude, should we put this on Criteria? <laughs> <laughs> so what? where does the name Criteria come from? Like for people who haven't been familiar with the Mirror Post or your your Twitter threads yet, where does that, what's the genesis of that name? Yeah, so I'll touch on this one. So what ended up happening was just like a lot of this project is like based around self-awareness and just really being in tune with what's going on um and i guess like kind of like lyrically how i was feeling and um you know like i worked my ass off just to be like 100 percent upfront and honest in the last like year and a half um you know like this you know the grind (laughs) in music and ft land like is a pretty strict one you know like you have to you know not only make the music um and you know creative direct the artwork um you know like build community um be very vocal and engaging and just present take a whole bunch of outside meetings and whatnot like it's you're wearing a whole bunch of different hats you know like and i think um this project you know and this year in general taught me a whole bunch about myself that you know like maybe was dormant for a while um and i guess like you know in the last few months like i feel like people have really you know, like more been giving me a little bit of flowers, which has been really cool. Um, but it was like, holy shit. Like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like it was because I put the work in and like, I guess like that was like, uh, the title track. It's like, now they're taking me serious. Like, I guess I fit the criteria now pretty much. And that was just, um, you know, I think a testament to the hard work. Um, but yeah, that's where it comes from <laughs> and everything else is kind of just based around that world. And not every single song is like criteria, by the way, like um, we get pretty introspective. Uh, we talk about, you know, like, uh, you know, this, this girl that I'm seeing, like, which I'm, who I'm really quick to gas up, but then like also at the same time, like I'm bad at taking compliments. So like, on the other hand, I'm like, but don't go gassing me up. Like, it's okay if I gas you up, but dude, yo, come on. <laughs> don't give me no compliments. <laughs> yeah. Don't gas me I mean, up. <laughs> I would say, I would say like, yeah, the, the whole project to me, it's definitely, I think, I think self-awareness is definitely like the best, the best way to put it. I, th- I think another kind of theme around it is definitely like the idea of the ego, right? I think that yep. in a lot of ways after the Web3 stuff happened to me, like with overstimulated and whatnot and. I kind of, I definitely had like imposter syndrome. Like I was just like, like, why does everyone think I'm cool now? You know, like why, like where where did that all of a sudden come from? And I've definitely, I've always had a chip on my shoulder just from like the whole immigrant thing, but like my parents being immigrants, but I think I definitely started to accumulate one when I really wanted to prove that I'm here to stay like with the music. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's like something that I I think anyone that knows me knows how much I care about music, but I think optically I always wanted to, I didn't want to be the kid like from on the outside looking in. It's like, 
oh yeah, he's just dropping NFTs like with like whatever music. Like I've I've always placed such an emphasis on like on on yep. quality and what that means to me, right? And so like yep. in a lot of ways, but but at the same time, Web three is a great place to get humbled, right? Uh, and um, for me, uh, the, the story arc of the project is really kind of reflects that, you know, like Criteria is one of my like more prouder production moments you know like it's just like i'm i'm definitely we're flexing like rio's he's rio's talking his shit i'm like going crazy with the drums like it's just this big fucking moment where you're like i'm on top of the world right and really that's 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 how it sounds for the first half of the project where it's this really like braggadocious like kind of triumphant energy and then like there's this interlude that is supposed to feel like kind of this weird like psychedelic like trip of sorts where you just where everything falls apart you know like your your ego kind of gets tested to its limits and then you come out on the other side, just like a way better person, you know, like yep. for, there's, there's this record called out of touch. That's like on the back half of that. It's like after that moment happened, it's the second to last or no, it's the last song on the project. And, uh, that song, like the chorus is like, I'm out of touch with you. And I fell in love with it. And like, that means it has double meaning, right? Like on the one hand, it means like, you know, I'm out of touch with the old version of myself. Cause I'm like, so into like, Yep. you know, this new, this new version of me. But I think it's also like, I'm out of touch with like the old people, you know, that, that, that might've been a part of my life or whatever. And I think that like, that's kind of, yeah, it's definitely been like, you know, when, when, when things start to get public for you, when you start to get busier and whatnot, when you start having like success and failures, like they just become more and more public, you know? And, um, it was definitely like, from my perspective, it, it was kind of telling that story, you know, the story of like, you know, yeah, like you can think you're the shit for a little bit, but whenever something knocks you down, like it, you're not immune to it, you know. Even right. if even if you're popping, even if shit is happening to you, like you're at the right. end of the day, you're 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 still like a human, you know. Yeah, for I think sure. that's something that we can we can all relate to. Rio, can you give me in the audience a breakdown? Really, what what's been fascinating to me about Criteria is it seems to both build on both of your journeys of getting to this point, whether it's how you've thought about like rarity, how you've thought about integrating all of these different web three platforms just from like a top-down approach how criteria kind of takes it to the next level for you guys between the integrations let's start with like the integrations and the rarity yeah completely i mean rarity is always a tough thing especially when you're talking music uh because it's like it's like you know like it's hard to pick your favorites you know or else like which one like feels like um superior to the next or whatever. Um, so we spent like quite a bit of time on the breakdown. Um, the, um, Dan, I don't have the numbers in front of me, right? This. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, I can general overview is like, we'll say like the least rare and the most rare, right? Like the, the most rare is the title track. It's, it's criteria, right. Which is in a lot of ways in our minds, it's kind of like the sleeper on the project because it's not a single or anything, but like I said, it's like the one that sets the tone a lot of ways the least rare song is the first single it's supercharged like our our yeah. kind of thought process there is like we want you know supercharged Amazing. to feel there we go like we I want the supercharge we, we want like the yeah. the most common song right to feel like it absolutely rips you know um yep. so that like that, that's how we feel like on the on the rarity front at least but yeah i mean i mean it's i don't know i mean we've <laughs> We've we've been we've been having rarity conversations for for quite a bit of time. So I'm glad, I'm glad we finally I'm glad we finally got it. Right, it's just yeah. such a fascinating even conversation to be having, and and for people that are new to to Web three uh, or new to music NFTs, 
they may be, you know, uh, this idea of gamification and, and rarity yep. within music is, is fun to play with. Like as a collector in the same way that you have rarity, it's analogous to having rarity in PFP projects. And, you know, there are certain yep. traits that are more rare than others. And so it creates different, uh, trading strategies and which ones to go after and different floors. And so it gives yep. music a different layer that you don't get when you're just, you know, putting it on streaming services. So this might be a new concept to some people, which is why I wanted to spend a, a little bit of time on it. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, with the traits and like with the art, you know, like that's a lot, it's a little bit more straightforward, you know, like you can easily tell, um, which is something that like feels more rare just based off of like, you know, the visual representation with the music, it's a little bit more complex. So like, you know, the, the visual rarities like are always just like, you know, pretty straightforward but it's like dang like where do you plug in the music right and uh yeah we, we took a lot of time on this but this is where we landed in and you know if uh one of the main theses was to like if um you know um we weren't thinking as the song as common let's say like that we we wanted the the song with the the highest supply to be super catchy and to just be like a really enjoyable experience right because like um, you know, if you got a slapper, <laughs> nothing feels common. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. So no, that's a, like, that's yeah. a good way of, of thinking of it as well. Would love to touch base on the phases and, and give people a timeline of, of what's coming this week. So you've broken the launch of this criteria into three phases. There's the OP phase, the, the first pre-sale, if you will, uh, which starts on the 15th. The second pre-sale, which is uh, starting on the 15th as well later, and then the public sale. What was the purpose behind having two different pre-sales and, and how does it delineate between, um, if, what, what is the cr- criteria, pun intended, between the two pre-sale? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can take a stab at this. I would say like, uh, it's, it's twofold, right? So 2,500 is a very ambitious collection. Like it is definitely like the most that, me and Rio have have ever done by far. Like obviously my biggest being Glasshouse that I did on my own site, Rio's being frameworks. It's a huge step up for both of us, right? And so yeah. we wanted to we wanted to find a way to we, want, we wanted to find a way really to make sure that everyone could get involved. Um but also like have a drop that we that we think will like be successful. Um and really what we wanted to do is like for OP, so the that first pre-sale we're calling it like unofficially we're calling it like the op phase op stands for overpowered obviously and it's like one of the uh songs off the record yep. we wanted to basically find some sort of a world where we're obviously you know that bots are like a a, a big you know sort like somewhat of a problem so we wanted to find a way to like get um like more additions into the fans of like into the hands of collectors that we know are going to be there for a long time because they've given a track record of being fans of ours in the past and so we the first pre-sale was designated to like okay who are people that have collected both uh that have collected more than 10 either daniel allen or rio nfts right um like collectively they own more than 10 and we wanted to kind of you know give them a little bit more priority to be like look you guys have been there from day one we know that like it's not going to be like botted in that sense like we're able to have people that we know are going to be like super solid collectors and fans 
And then the second pre-sale and the public sale, I think are just as just like any other drop. But I think we just wanted to add that little bit of nuance because the last thing we want to do, because in a lot of ways, right, like people look at me and Rio and they're like, oh, like you guys are in some ways like the face of, of music NFTs. And a lot of people look at what we do and they, you know, that that's really like what motivates me. I think just as much as it motivates Rio is building out a blueprint for other people. And the last thing we would want to happen is to like have some sort of a situation where like a bot. Uh, owns a majority of the supply and then is controlling the floor, right? And so for us, it was kind of some sort of a way to mitigate that, uh, and at the same time to reward people who are like have been a part of the project for quite a while. Yeah, because I mean, you know, like I said earlier, like you're gonna have people who speculate on this, and um, you know, we think it's gonna go pretty quick. But uh, I mean, we, yeah, we wanted to, you know, definitely reward um, current holders. Uh, I think like that was the main premise behind all of this. And for, in order to qualify for the first presale, if you hold one piece of Daniel's or mine, um, you definitely qualify as well. So yeah, that was like something that was high on. Our and that, that was also the rationale of the free mint is because it's, it's, it's like kind of, it is like you kind of alluded to a few times during this. Austin is like, it is, it, we, we do have like a little bit high floor price. So it is like difficult for new people to get in. So we wanted yeah. without, but we also wanted it to be cryptic and we didn't want people to like take su- like super big advantage of it, especially like bots and whatnot. So we were just like, we're just like, okay, let's give people like one last opportunity real quick, not make too big of a deal of it, see what happens and like give them the opportunity to at least get on like the regular presale, you know? Yep. For sure. Yeah, it was a, it was a perfect teaser. It was impossible to gamify because there was no announcement for those, uh, who don't know the two free drops that happened over the weekend. Uh, there was no like inclination that this would then give you the ability to have pre-sale because you would have a Daniel or a Rio NFT. So I love how you guys thought about opening up access uh, without tipping your, tipping your hand a bit, which is, is a difficult challenge. The partnerships, the web three partnerships, I've never seen anything done like this before where you have partnerships across the entire spectrum. So between Bonfire, Sound, OnCyber, SpinAmp, Arpeggy, there's a lot going on. Uh, can you, for the ones that you've announced what you're actually doing with them, Sound, you know, we know because of the the protocol and, and that's who the minting contract is going to be, is already announced. Yep. Um, but any of the others that you can talk through? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're announcing all of them this week. So, I mean, I'm not, we can, we can go over all of them. There's no, like, we're just going to go into it. bigger detail in the post, but like, yeah, I mean, yep. generally, right there's there's when you when you put out music like you have a rollout you know like you that that's really part of the big premise for criteria is like okay like on the web two side you you do your creative you make the music first you make it good you mix master it you do creative direction you maybe do a music video you maybe tour with it if you have the infrastructure set in place like where our heads went for this was like what is a rollout like what does a web three rollout looks like look like and so for us it was like it's about there are all these amazing platforms out there all of them have different audiences maybe there's a world where we can just really highlight composability and like the power of it right so there's obviously like you mentioned sound protocol which is going to be the backbone of like really most everything that rio and i do then there's bonfire which is which which is where the site is propped up, right? But then there are these other new players that we wanted to find interesting activations with. So on Cyber, what we're doing with them specifically is we're doing like a 30-minute virtual concert, if you will. And we've created like a virtual world for the project. So basically, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to experience it. But you have like this virtual world, think like kind of Fortnite. You can go around, listen to like a lot of our music NFTs that are already out. And then there's going to be kind of this big piece in the middle of it that you can't really miss. That's going to be like a bit more of a minting experience. And I I built out like all the audio for it. Like this, It's like this whole 30-minute thing. It's really fire. Not gonna lie, um, and then it, it is fire. I, I disclaimer: it's we had sick. a we had a close friend. We had a close friend uh, help narrate some of the radio stuff. Um, 
And then um, oh, for Spinamp, obviously, I kind of I kind of consider that um, I kind of consider that as like the Spotify canvas almost situation, right? It's like it's a world where you're able to like br- almost do like a takeover on like a like a or like get an editorial or whatever it is. Like it's kind of a world where you you're able to like put a little bit of your branding custom to the platform, right? Have so they done that before? I don't think so. I don't I've think, never I don't think seen that really. on Spinamp. That's gonna be dope. Yeah, so there's that. That's like kind of you'll see it how it intertwines. I think with the brand when everything is all said and done, and then there's Arpeggi, which is you know part of the Web two rollout could always be doing a splice pack. And so we were like, why don't we just kind of take that on chain? And I think part of that is you know we have we have a pretty dope pack that we're going to be announcing pretty soon. And like it's a mix of like real vocal one shots, a mix of stems from a few of the songs, and then we're probably going to do some sort of remix competition as well. So it's really just like how do we keep composability up? Like, how do we have what feels like a little bit more of like a proper rollout? Real, I don't know if you have any, if you had any, have anything to add, but that's like, yeah, I mean, honestly, plus one, <laughs> the, um, yeah, that's a, that's definitely the premise behind it. I think like this, this whole project, uh, was built off of the back of collab collaboration, you know, and we also wanted to incorporate that with the rollout. Um, True. you know, there's people who like everyone here, um, we like, really respect uh all of these companies like work super hard and we're just super stoked to to be rolling it out this way uh, i'm very excited about the listening experience with on cyber that's going to happen like dan said you're 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 going to be able to mint um you know directly from the listening experience which is going to be really cool you can also mint from this uh this main bonfire front end as well which uh is just cool it's going to be it's just different and then, you know, custom skin from Spinamp. Uh, and I just rolled out like a cool activation with Arpeggi just this last week. Um, and it was it was so much fun. Uh, we're incorporating something even bigger here, which is yeah, I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, uh, like I said earlier, uh, the collaboration is like a backbone of this project. And I just wanted to emphasize like, that's just something that's important uh, to the both of us. And we're stoked, man. We're super stoked. I'm I'm stoked for you both and for the entire team. I mean, this certainly takes web three music to a whole nother level. I, we haven't had a release that to Daniel, to what you were saying, like has a legitimate release uh, strategy across multiple platforms and products and ways of bringing people in and, I, I guess to end on on that note, what is like your one hope for criteria? Uh, just generally, you look at the end of the project. What is the one hope that you have looking back six months from now, Daniel? As you're smiling, <laughs> you get to go first. I have like a not PC answer and a PC answer. The not the not PC answer is a a, a hit. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, Hell yeah! I think. <laughs> I th- I think that because I don't want to sound arrogant in saying that, but I think that I've always been in the mindset that you like for Web three music to have a bigger moment. Like I, I'm truly a big fan, of like a song or artist or whatever doing well, and I feel like me and Rio spent a lot of time and effort into it. And I don't think we've ever fixated on like oh we need a hit or we need a big song, but I think it would ha- really help put things on the map. And we are really like we're just so pumped on the record, you know? Like it's like it's like I'm. I'm so excited about it. It's like really one of the first times when I'm with my friends, I'm like, give me the fucking ox, you know, like, and I'm never like that with my music. Like, I'm always just like, you know, I'll be chill about it. But with these songs, I'm always like, I want to show this to everyone. Like I want like the whole world to hear it. So I think, you know, that's one part of it. But I think that outside of it, really like in a broader sense, it's it's what I would hope can really help put uh, Web3 music on the map. You know, I think that 
like I said, me and Rio have put a lot of time into effort and, and, and beyond us, like our creative director, our project manager, like we've, we've had such a big, this has been such a huge like team effort for us. And like kind of our hopes as, as they've been with everything else is just try to build out a blueprint for people to beat us, for people to do a better job, for people to build on top of it. And, and I think that, you know, to me, this feels like a really big step. It feels like the natural progression for me. It feels like the natural progression for Rio and just really in a broad sense, I hope just inspires other people to like figure it out and start to get into web three, start to do their own drops and start to realize that it's more and more like continuing to be a real way to make a living off your art. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah. I just want to stress like, you know, this is definitely a moment in time for us. Um, after, you know, like, you know, after you get your music, I think, uh, the, the main thing that I hope people take away from this is that, you know, uh, we came with our chest out on this uh, and we really didn't come to play around. Like, I think the music is just like so undeniable, like personally. Um, and I think that I hope it opens uh, others eyes too. like, cause this was done t- like to a different level. In my opinion, I think like we just like worked our asses off to make sure we crushed it. And, you know, like when people hear this project, uh, we want them to be like, what the fuck were they on? bro? <laughs> like, what is going on here? <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> True. For sure. Well, I, I can't wait. I may have gotten a little sneak peek and the music is, I mean, mission accomplished from, from my perspective, <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal in, in every way. And I can't wait to mint. And yeah, before we wrap it up, the, we always end every episode with, asking uh the guests what their one big idea is so just across the entire discussion anything you want to leave the audience with knowing a lot of them may be new to music nfts or are your collectors just one big idea uh to share with everyone and we'll close it out i'll make rio go first you got the floor on this one. Last time. Oh, geez. Oh, man. <laughs> no, i tried to, to say that first too so. okay 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 <laughs> That's a good, that's a, okay. So I would say hmm, one big idea. Um, I guess the, uh, can I do like, a I got mine. I got mine. I got mine. If you want Here, me to you go. do yours, you do yeah, yours. Go. I have it. I just need to phrase it in the form. That's of what I'm saying. I, I feel sure. like Rio needs 30 more seconds. So uh, I guess, and hopefully this isn't what you're thinking. Cause then this is horrible. Yeah. Um, but I think that you have to, you have to have a little bit of a balance of not, you know, like over, like don't overthink drops. Like I think that there's definitely a narrative of like, yeah, like if you want to get into music NFTs, just drop on sound, do whatever. Right. But I think at the same time, you want to be able to um, understand that it's such a free place to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And I think that like whatever that middle ground is, is like really beautiful. You know, like you want to be able to like have a place, like every experiment that I've ever done is just so out there and so wild and whatnot. But, and I think in a lot of ways that starts to skew people towards, you know, oh, like I want everything on my own side. I want everything to be huge and amazing and blah, blah, blah. But also not realizing that I kind of started in a place that, that came from like very simple, like don't overthink, just do drops, do drops. And I think whatever that intersection is to me is I think where, where beautiful things happen. Because like, if I, if all I was thinking about was like huge projects, big jobs, blah, 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 blah. Like I would get way too in my head and not end up dropping anything. So whatever that crossroad is, I would just like kind of find your balance. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, do not sacrifice um, quality for quantity or like a speedy uh, timeline, you know? And then also I think it's very important. Um, the idea that you should not sacrifice your creativity as well. 
I think like you should uh, take care of that and nurture it. And, um, you know, obviously have a, a little bit of bumpers <laughs> to make sure you're, uh, you're being efficient and progressing forward towards your goals, but always stay creative for sure. Cause um, yeah, that's uh that's very important. Amen to both of those. And and before we wrap it up, where can people mint? So we have up right here right now, danielleallen.xyz slash criteria. Any other places that people can go to, to mint this when it goes live? And when does it go live for general presale and, and public? Same thing for riocraigan.xyz uh, forward cool. slash criteria. Um, and then the on cyber activation through public sale. Yep, and we're gonna we're gonna be posting uh, when we make the announcement, which I think is later today. We're gonna be posting the instructions for like how to use on cyber for people who never used it. Really simple. It's just like literally like Completely. a video game. But for people who haven't used it, we're gonna put up the full instructions today. We're gonna blast Amazing. it. <laughs> so make sure you're for following sure. both. Uh, I am da- Daniel Allen on Twitter and Rio Cragen on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for additional instructions, I'll also be posting stuff so you can you can follow me as well. But Guys, this has been incredible. Thank you for being so gracious with your time as well. I know we went a bit over, but this has been a lot of fun for me. So really appreciate you both jumping on. Same here. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thank you so much, man. That was great. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of One Big Idea. As a thank you, head to onebigidea.xyz to claim your free OG status NFT. I'll be closing off minting after this initial run of episodes, so be sure to grab yours before they are gone. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.